everybody! Oh my gosh! Welcome to Nomtalk Network. Uh, where we do Nom, we're doing Nomtalk Review, part of Nomtalk Network. I'm terrible. I'm so sorry. Um, but on the show, we review the latest films or um throwback, celebrating a milestone while eating and drinking our favorite movie snacks and drinks. I am your host, Yaya. Hello, and right now I am enjoying some homemade pot stickers. Ah, I know. Oop. I'm dropping my chopsticks. That's not a good sign. <laughs> um, and I am drinking some lemon tea. But yes, um, and here are my amazing, amazing guests. Let me introduce them. Um, Amanda, introduce yourself and what you're nomming on today. Um, I'm Amanda. Um, I am a nerd. Um, I have water because I just got home from work. Um, and I haven't had time to make anything or grab anything yet. So it's just water right now. Awesome. It's awesome. flavored. It's, it's, it's uh, what is it, orange vanilla flavored? Ooh, that sounds so good. <laughs> yes. And JP, introduce yourself and what you're nomming on today. Hi, I'm JP. So I'm actually in the process of moving, as you can see. <laughs> so the only thing I had in my fridge right now is some Diet Pepsi. So I have Diet Pepsi. <laughs> okay, okay. So today is a throwback. We are talking about Disney's 1998 Mulan. Not the terrible 2020 version. The, 19, the good one. The good one. <laughs> the better one. A much better one. I have so much things to say about the 2021. I'll never stop. But before we start this month, we are fundraising for the Trevor, the Trevor Project. And it is a nonprofit organization focused on suicide prevention efforts among LGBT, LGBTQIA plus youth. I always want to say like the legit, uh, the, the TikTok meme, like the, the really fancy, like French sounding, like have you guys heard that one? Oh, God, it's like Lejibitakwa, and it's like so pretty when like the person said it. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> totally off. Totally off. Anyways, um, but yes, today we are talking about 1998 Milan, and this is a throwback. Um, so let's first talk about like where and when did you guys watch this? Like I watched it in theaters, I remember, believe in 1998. But how about for you guys? Like when and where? And yeah, so JP, let's start with you. Oh my gosh, uh, 1998. I probably saw it in the theaters as well because I'm a huge Disney nerd. So growing up, you give me anything Disney, and even now I'm going to watch it like right away. So yeah, definitely in the movie theaters. Awesome, awesome. And Amanda? I was... I think 13. Uh, I definitely saw it in theaters also. Um, like you guys, huge Disney nerd, and I saw everything as soon as it came out. So Awesome. I, and awesome for me, same. Um, I actually remember, I still remember vividly like seeing the trailer first. I forgot for which movie, but I remember seeing the trailer. And it was really funny because I remember watching this. And, you know, it's the original trailer where, you know, it first zooms into her sitting underneath the, the stone dragon and then she's watching like the two uh what well, now we know it's her mom and dad but before when i was watching it, i'm like oh this poor like homeless lady why is she sitting in their garden why is she watching does she not have a family this is so sad what's going on and he's like why is she robbing them? oh no oh my god i was i was eight i believe i was I was seven or eight at this point. So that's what, that was my first um, reaction to seeing it. But yes, I remember seeing it in theaters and it blew me away. Like it was so good. And I, to this day, it's probably one of the most influential movies in my life. So I was never too big on the Disney princess movies growing uh -huh. up in general. Mm -hmm. I was far more into the animal movies, but I remember being mm -hmm. very struck by Mulan because it was really kind of the first time that you know, as a child and, and a child who grew up with Disney, that you are seeing something that is culturally not the what you know, mm -hmm. at least, you know, for me. Um, so I, I do definitely remember like, oh, wow, this is cool. This is another culture. This is another time period. This is another, you know, group of people that I can, you know, learn about. So that that was always something that kind of struck me. And we're getting a strong female lead that's not a princess. You know what I mean? Like she doesn't have to be... Uh, basically taken away by a prince and all the kids seem to wake her up and everything we actually see like an actual animated character from a different culture who could actually fend for herself 
yes definitely definitely and and it for me was also because it was probably one of the first movies that actually had like a Chinese background and this is not something I saw like growing up like especially in the 90s so this was for me like a huge point I was like you know how we always talk about um having like of course the um um Oh God, I can't think of representation. Re- representation. Thank you. Um, because like little girls, when they see them, like they see something that like looks like them, they're like, oh my gosh, that's me. And this was very much that, oh my gosh, that's me, like moment um in my childhood. And it to this day, it it's such, it was, as I said, it's such a important part of my life growing up and uh, who I am now. How but old were you when it came out? I was like seven. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, I was I was born in 91. So this came out probably when I was seven or eight years old. So it was a huge like part of my childhood growing up. I actually dressed. I remember dressing up as Mulan that year, like, you know, for trick or treat. I was like, yay! I know. Um, so let's start with popcorn buckets. Um, Amanda, what popcorn buckets would you give this movie? Four. Awesome. And um why (laughs) um again I you know the Disney princesses weren't really kind of my thing and you know having grown up and seen I think Beauty and the Beast was probably or Little Mermaid was probably the first Disney princess movies that I remember seeing in theaters and just even then and at a very young age being like why do they need a man to help them and then seeing Mulan and being like oh this is a strong woman like this is a role model and this is something that's not you know driven by a by a by a male lead um because so many of the other ones were um so and again you know i i think because i was 13 i really was able to see her as a role model as opposed to just another helpless you know disney princess Awesome, that's perfect. And before we get to your popcorn buckets, JP, let me go to chat just really quickly. Um, so Heartless says, happy Pride, everyone. Hello, Heartless. And Cuball, Cuball, thank you so much for being here. Again, you are amazing. Um, he, he says, hi, all. Can't wait to get into this one. Namtan Nova says, happy Pride, Eric. Peggy says, um, hello. Peggy says, says, hello, everyone. Uh, Namtag never says hi, Jen. And Cuball says, happy Pride, Heartless. And Peggy says, says, happy Pride, Eric. Um, Cuball says, hey. Uh, Peggy says, says, hi, Q. Um, and then, and then everyone says, so like, Heartless goes, let's get down to business. Um, and uh, Harley says, yep, that's, uh, that's right, yeah, yeah. Uh, Def watches movie in theaters. Uh, this is one of my favorite Disney movies of all time, same. Um, the songs and story just fill my heart with joy. And Heartless says five out of five popcorns because it is amazing. Yes. So JP, how many popcorn buckets do you give this movie and why? So before I give my rating, I have to say Mulan is one of my favorite Disney movies of all time. However, I did have to give it four popcorn buckets instead of five just because of a few issues that I have with the film that I now realize as an adult that we'll probably get into a little bit later. But yeah, I definitely gave it four, but I do love this movie so much. I just love it. The music is just absolutely like ridiculously good. It's just gorgeous. Oh, agreed, agreed. So for me, I would give it five out of five. I am a little biased, as I said, but for me, yes, it's an amazing movie. Uh, rewatched it today just to like refresh, and it's still amazing to me. And this, as I, the soundtrack for this film is, oh my god, yeah. like it slapped, it slapped then and slaps now. <laughs> Christina Aguilera. I know. <laughs> See, it's that's one of the few I find myself like referencing and or quoting far more often than any other Disney movie, I think. Agree. For me, it's always dishonor on your whole family, dishonor on you, dishonor on your cow. That's um, my go-to. My lizard, who's asleep right now, you can see his tank. Uh, his name is Mushu. <laughs> I love him. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, what kind of lizard? Uh, he's a bearded dragon. <gasps> I love Had to have a dragon name, so... I love bearded. Oh my god, bearders are so cute. And Heartless, Heartless just redeemed Hydrate, so we have to take a sip, guys. Thank you so much, Heartless, for redeeming Hydrate. 
and I'm Tom Negra says five out of five for sure. The 90s rock ballad soundtrack slaps. Yes, it does. Okay, so um, I'm pretty sure I don't have to put spoilers for this episode. I hope everyone has watched this film by now. If not, go watch it right now. It's on Disney Plus. But um don't watch the new one. <laughs> don't oh, please don't make the mistake of watching the new one. 1998 animated. <laughs> Um, but this um, this film is uh, based on actually a um, debate debatable real figure in Chinese history. It's um, the original is the Ballad of Mulan, which was written during the Northern Southern Dynasties pre Sui and Tang, long time ago, a couple thousand years ago. We no longer have actually so long that we actually don't even have an author for this ballad anymore. Um, but there's so many based on of it. But this film, so we have the protagonist, which is Mulan. She decides to go to war in her father's stead because her father was injured in the previous war. And she's worried that, you know, if her dad goes to battle this time, he's going to die. Um, and of course, we have the, with her as protagonist, she's actually always constantly in a battle with herself. She wants to make her family proud. But she's always screwing up because she feels like she doesn't like fit into like, you know, what's like, you know, the social norms of that time. Um, but she goes to war and then she makes friends and then all the fun stuff. But <laughs> anyways, um, so did you have like, I, I know this was like years ago, we were children, but did you have any expectations prior to watching this film? And then did the film meet set expectations or exceeded it? So JP, we can start with you with that one. I think it definitely like uh, exceeded my expectations. It was kind of like <clears throat> an action, more of an action adventure type of film throughout, instead of it just being like, oh, we're going to go on a little bit of a journey with this pretty little girl and see what she's going to do. Like she's actually like throughout all of it, there's like scary things that are happening to her. And like she's being, being really like pushed into like these very like scary situations. And you see her be able to like literally man up to the occasion and go out there and like fight her battles. And so, yeah, it definitely like exceeded my expectations when it came to all of that, especially because it was so action adventure-y. Mm. And Amanda, for you. Um, for me also exceeded expectations. And I think for me, it was a little bit of a different situation um, coming from like a musical theater background and growing up in New York. I had just seen Miss Saigon with Leah Salonga on Broadway, Yay. probably <sighs> within the same year and then you know, uh, most of the songs were sung by Leah Salonga. So that was kind of for me, like, oh my God, this is an actress that I already love, who I love her voice. And now she's voicing, you know, this this really strong, beautiful uh, female role model character. So for me, it, like, I, I loved the music. I loved the music. It was some of my favorite music, actually, from any of the princess movies. Awesome. And to okay. think about that too, it also has Harvey Firestein in it. That is like my my theatrical daddy. I love Harvey so so much. <laughs> I can tell you my Harvey Firestein story later. We'll have to. And also the fact they had Donny Osmond. Like who would have thought? <laughs> who would have thought? Um, but yeah, no, honestly, same. Again, like. I think this was probably a good turning point because as uh, a American born Chinese, I was very, I was raised, you know, Western society, didn't really connect with my Chinese roots um, until much later, but this is probably a good trigger point for me that when I saw this, I was like, wow, there, I have a culture other than like being born in America. Like the fact that for me was like seeing, again, seeing my, someone that looked like me on screen. And of course, like, like seeing everything like because prior as also prior to this was like what little mermaid and all of course amazing amazing and beauty and the beast amazing films but like for this one it's like the fact that this was the first disney film that showed active warfare active war um the fact that people like died like you like especially that that cut from girl worth fighting for directly to that sobering moment where they see like the village burned down like this was a dark movie it was realistic and it was definitely something different than what we saw prior to what Disney was pumping out at that time I mean you had Pocahontas which came out in oh, 95 yeah, true. but she's still very much you know the same Disney princess thread where she ultimately needed to be saved mm. um 
So, you know, you, you saw a character that wasn't white, um, but you didn't really get the same, I think, gravitas of like having a, a strong role mm. model. True, true. And the fact there was like no like that, like cliche, like kiss, like falling in love and then like happily ever after. We kind of get that in the second one, but we don't talk about the second one. <laughs> I mean, there was definitely a little bit of it, but it, it wasn't the driving force. Exactly. Like with so many of the others. Oh, yeah. It wasn't like, you know, the fact that she did this. She did this for her family. She wasn't doing this for like. And for oh her country. God. Yeah, exactly. Um, actually, it was not even for her country. It was just for her dad. Like, the country part was just, aha, uh-huh, like kimchi. <laughs> An add-on. <laughs> um, okay. It took me a second. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, like, but, like, the thing is, like, you know, we've, like, you know, we're older now. I was going to say we're old. We're not old. We're older now. Um, we have, you know, experienced life. We have, like, you know, things. How does this movie feel for you now as an adult as opposed to a kid and also how did this movie in its in its sense like you know influenced your life up until now or that whole that fun stuff so I'm gonna let's go first um I think it's you know it's kind of the same narrative it's it's still one of the few you know Disney movies that are targeted for little kids where there is a strong female protagonist and you are yeah, and you have and you have a real role model, and it's not someone that needs to be saved or rescued. She takes care of herself. She takes matters into her own hands. She made the decision on her own to go and fight in place of her father. Um, and so you, you know, carrying through to an adult. I mean, she's still very much a a role model, whereas mm-hmm. the other princesses are like, okay, cool, you know princess but she she wasn't a princess for one thing i mean she's considered one of them but she she isn't mm-hmm. um and she was just just a girl on what she was like 14 15 mm-hmm. at the time so awesome and like have you rewatched it recently and has it lived up to the childhood memory like childhood i do i do rewatch it frequently okay. because mushu um you know he will occasionally sit on my laptop and watch things with me and certain things make him turn his head and certain things he could care less about and it's funny because he does kind of like you know they have their eyes are on their sides of their mm-hmm. head so he turns his head to look at things but he when when Mushu the dragon's on screen he will kind of tune in and like what's going on like he has occasionally um when beardies get angry they oh, the, the black, black. Mm-hmm. so he will occasionally like black beard oh um, and like bob his head which is a dominant um behavior when mushu's on screen so it's kind of funny because he has no idea what he's watching but there's definitely a reaction so that is so cute so i watch it every once in a while too just to see what he's gonna do that is adorable and i love that how about for <laughs> you jp i mean it still was true like uh the first time i saw like as a kid i love watching it over and over as well i mean it's the first time we actually get a cross-dressing main character in the Disney realm, kind of, and it's a girl cross-dressing to be a man, which was like, whoa, because, I mean, even right now in today's political climate, if it was a man doing the reverse thing, we'd have probably protesters across the street, everything right now. Um, And so this is like 1998, where people were still like, not very accepting of our community and so to be able to accept a woman dressing up like a man to be able to go and save her father I mean that just was amazing the film did so so well you know mm-hmm. and there's also like a lot of like probably like a lot of gay undertone to it as well I mean yeah so it's kind of like we're, we're like as little me little gay me I'm like, wait a second, I can identify with this movie a little bit more, especially with Mulan, because, I mean, it was there, and it was obvious that it was there. You can choose to see it, or you can choose not to see it, and for those of us, even though I am not of an Asiatic culture, but those of us who are, are part of the LGBT community, it was just, it was kind of a breath of fresh air for us, mm. as, a, as a teenager, a little kid. And you're talking about a story that comes from 300s, 400s AD, yeah. When they're, you know, every, I mean, every culture has representation mm-hmm. 
um, and mention of of transgender, of mm-hmm. homosexuality throughout history. But this yep. is also one of the earliest. I mean, all of the Disney movies are based on a story that somebody wrote, but this is probably one of the earliest mentions of of history in any of the Disney movies. And you've got something as prominent as cross-dressing, you know, at the forefront of the story. Mm-hmm. Very much so. Oh, there's, oh my gosh, like Chinese history is very interesting. There's actually so much more prior to Mulan, which I, oh my gosh, I always feel like should come into light, but you know, but speaking of cross-dresser, do you know that line where like, you know, the whole, like your daughter, des- like, you know, your like great granddaughter decided to become a cross-dresser actually almost made this film a PG film instead of a rated G film because of that line. Yes, um, that line actually was like a lot of people actually did have issues with it, but you know, it was very quick and stuff. But of course, Li Shang is by icon. <laughs> by yeah. icon, love it. Um, but yeah, so um, so we can t- go to the cast. The cast has amazing, amazing cast for this film. You have Mina Wen as Mula with Leah Salonga as her singing voice, Eddie Murphy as Mushu, uh, B.D. Wong as Li Shang with the singing voice, um, being Donny Osmond. Um, you have James Hong being Chifu and so much, and George Takei as the, as the head, like, ancestor. This is just an amazing, amazing cast. And Pat Morita. Mm-hmm. It's just, oh my gosh. So, like, can you think of a more iconic cast for like, you know, like something like this? It's like the fact that they actually try to get like a, an actual like Asian like main cast too. They actively try to keep like things, which again, wasn't something that was really like people paid attention to during that time. Like now they're trying a little bit better, better, um, not getting their old, <laughs> but better. But this was, you know, again, this was, the one of the first representations for Asians in a more um like positive light exactly without the whole like caricature and the stuff we usually see in other media and depictions um but yes uh let's see I am like trying to like figure out how to read my notes because my handwriting is atrocious um (laughs) anyways so but yes so let's talk about about um I don't know go at it guys I'm like terrible at this. <laughs> um before I do though uh, I just do want to go into uh the chat for just a little bit uh Q says this is like the first film that really pushed the boundaries of what a princess is supposed to look and act like but 100%. here's mm-hmm. but here's uh Mulan just broke the door open to see what a brave woman as a princess can actually do five out of five yes that's actually a great point Q it's it's it is like yeah um and Peggy says says I saw this on VHS when I was on bed rest and super hormonal and pregnant so much crying <laughs> oh my gosh like some scenes still get to me and I'll I guess we'll get to that um Mountain Decker says oh my MG I was just watching this earlier and great so much crying Kiba says remember back then characters like Mulan and Pocahontas were really the first ones that came out with a strong badass attitude and don't take no shits from no one Peggy says says oh yeah definitely um oh god um Cuba also redeemed stretch first he d- redeemed two things so let's stretch first so stretch stretch guys stretch the spines thank you so much Q for redeeming stretch and Cuba redeemed you're so punny for Amanda so did you need it a little bit to come up with that okay cool so yes so um also like the thing is I remember watching this uh film again when I was starting to become a teenager too and it was also just kind of weird I don't know I just had like I was like remember watching it with my dad and I was all like wait this is more serious than I remember as a kid because as a kid you like that like certain scenes certain like things didn't register because as kids we don't um it's not part of our like it's not part of our la la lands not part of our like um sunshines and rainbows but like as a teenager later on I remember watching I was like oh I actually kind of feel uncomfortable a little bit watching the scene again because it was a lot more serious than just a happy-go-lucky like Disney film I think one of the really interesting things and it's never mentioned 
um, and unless you really know the history of the Ballad of Mulan, is this was a moment in time. She served 12 years with the, the Chinese army and no one knew she was a woman for the entire 12 years that she served, yeah. which is astonishing to, to be able to hide your identity for that long. Yes. And what I was going to say too is like Disney also has a very long reputation and history of just traumatizing us with films to begin with. I mean, come on, Bambi's mom. You have up. I mean, they basically just start you off right away with like, okay, yeah. boom, PTSD, you're triggered. You know what I mean? There's but, so many Disney movies. I can't even, I mean, yeah. like, again, the animal movies always kind of drew me in a little bit more, but like Fox and the Hound, I can't even <gasps> watch that anymore. Oh my God. Like Oliver and Company is still my favorite to this day. Can't watch it. Like it's, it, like I just cry. Dumbo, same thing. Like when he oh gets my God. his mom, I'm like, oh, oh my, my gosh. And then the song Baby Mine, and she's like, you know, rocking him. Oh, rocking like, him in the, oh my God. Oh my God. Yes, all Disney movies are entirely traumatizing. Although, <laughs> if you want to go back and like watch The Rescuers lately, oh holy, my like, gosh. Those were scary. Yeah. Oh my gosh, yes. The first one and second one. Yeah, those were really dark. I cannot come up with a pun because I am terrible at puns. I am so and, sorry. Any joke? I got well, nothing. <laughs> any joke? Do you want any me to... Joke. None of my it? jokes are appropriate. <laughs> at all. Director Stephanie, can we get can we, can we we get away with like an inappropriate joke? Can we get away with that for once? For like all right, I've got one yes? that's okay. not terribly inappropriate, but it's also not relevant at all. Uh, what do you call a guy with no arms and no legs laying in front in front of your front door? A doorman. Matt. <laughs> oh, what do you What do you call him when he's hanging out in your pool? Bob. <laughs> what do you call him when you hang him on the wall? Art. <laughs> okay. Art. Okay. Okay. <laughs> That's all I got for you. I'm sorry. Like, no more. <laughs> oh my god. I don't, Peggy says Bob in the comments. <laughs> god, we're terrible. I love it though. I love it. Um. Oh my god, that just threw me off for a second. Give me. Sorry. They're so no, bad. No, I. I love it. I love it. I'm sorry. I love it. Um. But. <laughs> um. Let's talk about the soundtrack because, like. This movie actually didn't have that many songs compared to other Disney films. Oh, before I do that, I also want to point out uh, when we talk about traumatizing, this is actually the second Disney like animated film where she had both her parents. The other one was Aurora. Everyone else only had like, you know, a single parent or no parents. Oh, yeah. 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 So uh, she had both her parents. Huzzah. And a grandma. <laughs> um, but yeah. Um, but... <laughs> <laughs> uh but soundtrack this um uh cue ball says well done amanda <laughs> thank you um but yes the soundtrack like this movie only had what technically three songs reflection make honor a man out of us all. honor oh so four songs yes girl honor worth fighting for and then i'll I mean, make a man out of you true and to your heart was done by 98 degrees yeah but usually those are like that's like the generic like disney yeah. ending songs as opposed to things so this movie had like four songs just a lot less well less than like no normals but all of these songs are bangers, bangers. like reflection is still my go-to like karaoke song like i do karaoke reflection comes on um or like you know you want to hype a group up you either start singing Girl Worth Fighting For or I'll Make a Man Out of You. That these these are like the ultimate, ultimate um hype songs, and which is why I was so freaking angry where they decided to take out the songs in the remake. Um oh, right? yeah. Well, I mean, sometimes it's also it's not about the quant the quantity of it's how Film. it's about the quality. And not only were the songs just like really great quality, the mm -hmm. entire underscoring of the entire film just really told a story all on its own. It really took you on the journey with what the words and what you were actually seeing. 
you know. So I mean, the entire it was just it's just it's just gorgeous. It's gorgeous. <laughs> Oh no, definitely. I agree. And like, just, I like, that's why I like, I, I'm, I'm so biased, but at the same time, like, I feel like no, uh, for me personally, no other Disney like animated films could have lived up to this. Like what much amount of like research they did, what they did for this film and what it's like, Disney doesn't come out with films like these anymore. Yeah. This one was also nominated, I believe uh, for best original musical. Oh, wait, was it? For, for an account of the album was, yeah. <gasps> my, my Wikipedia, uh, it says <laughs> album peaked at number 24 on the Billboard 200 in July 18th of 1998. Um, and then album was nominated for Academy Award for Best Original Musical or Comedy Score, but lost to Shakespeare in Love. Uh that makes me so sad because Shakespeare in Love, I do not like. <laughs> Have you watched it recently? It doesn't hold up at all. Yeah. I don't remember any of the music from Shakespeare in Love. <laughs> oh, that's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, okay. So, oh my gosh. Um, but yeah, so like what are some stuff that you would critique? Like, you know, you both of you gave four out of five instead of a five out of five. Like, what are some of your critiques for this movie or some things that, you know, as an adult that just doesn't fly or, you know, anything you want to say in like, you know, because we're, we're gassing this like movie up, but you know, obviously for you guys, there has, there are some issues. So share them now. So JP. All right, we're gonna go into it. <laughs> I mean, I do have to say because I am very well aware that in like between 2020 and now, um, the Asian and Hispanic representation in film and television has basically plummeted, and the both minority groups are actually tied for one of the most um, least represented in film and television at high at like I think like 3.5 percent and it's even worse on Broadway in musical theater and I think with films like this with it being an Asian film about an Asian culture like nowadays it would be very very responsible of the filmmakers to actually cast an entire group of Asiatic people to be able to represent all of these characters so we're not going to get the Harvey Harvey Firestein, we're not going to get the other people. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, um, I think you guys were talking when I came into like the waiting room. They really they didn't do yellow face with it though. They didn't do the the wonky dialect or the wonky um um like yellow face like dialect and accent they normally mm-hmm. find like black and white films and stuff like that. So that was really good. I mean, yeah. And then the other thing that I kind of had an issue with mostly was um the feminization of men so i know that's a big issue going on right now in asiatic asiatic cultures is men is that men are viewed as more feminine and less masculine um in today's society and um looking at this film now it kind of does do the same exact thing because um obviously i'm not friends oh my gosh what's his name is blanking captain of the army cliche yes there we are he um falls in love with mulan as a boy you know what i mean and it kind of ties into that whole feminization of the asiatic male um i did like though that um they kind of really really avoided the dragon lady aspects in mulan they really didn't go into like the dragon lady which we normally see in most films and so that was really great. And so that's why I gave it like a four star, just because um, there are some issues, but this is also 1998. It also broke some really great boundaries for us. So I couldn't go below a four. And I also love the movie. Okay. And Amanda, for you. I think JP touched on it a little bit and we were talking about it in the waiting room a little bit earlier. And I know that it was 1998, but you did have a mostly Asian cast. Yeah. Um, and in every other Disney movie, I mean, you look at like Aristocats and everybody has a French accent and it's not, you know, overdone and it's not characterized. That That's something that kind of always sat with me that, that I, you know, Leah Salonga is, I mean, and Bidi Wong, like they're all 
they're all Asian. Um, and they, it just, it was a little too, it was an Asian film, but it was, it was still, you know, fairly Disney-fied and whitewashed. Um, and so that's why I gave it four out of five. But um, I also, and I love Mushu, the character, and I love Eddie Murphy as Mushu. But I think sometimes the comedy was used in place of, you know, showing showing something else that could have been a little bit more, you know, poignant for Mulan. It, you know, even scenes where there was a little bit of a serious undertone, Mushu kind of came in and like made it funny. Which again, it's Disney; it's for kids. I get it, but you know, if they remade the animated, you know, film, it it would be something to think about and and maybe take a little bit of the comedy out. Mm. Yeah. I, I think for me, that's where I had to, I will probably have to disagree because that's what they kind of tried to do with the remake. Like they took all the comedy out. There was no comedy. And I remember it was because they were saying that, oh, we wanted to make something that was more historically accurate and that kind of stuff. And I, for that movie, I actually do appreciate them actually looking for Chinese actors or like Chinese descent actors to play the cast. Um but at the same time, it I actually enjoyed the comedy of the original one because, again, it is more, it is a Disney film. It is meant for children. And I think the comedy helps with, especially with Mulan, where you have the main story about war, about fighting, about possibly dying. Like, it lightens up so children, like, yeah, they can kind of understand, like, it's serious. But, like, they're, in a way, still too young to understand how serious war can be and we don't want them to understand that because they're children um i think it's hard to kind of look at it too like you know you were seven or eight i was 13 Mm, when this movie came out and the feelings that i may have had you know about it then and having rewatched it as many times as i've Mm rewatched it and the political climate that's completely changed i have a very different feeling i loved the comedy back then now Mm. i watch it and i'm like okay one or two of the jokes went a little overboard and I can't remember what they are at the moment, but you know, I like, kind of remember I saw, I rewatched it today and I was kind of like, Oh, I didn't. Mm, mm. So I also Disney always hid. Like, I mean, J- I think JP mentioned it. Like the, the, the gay undertones were definitely there. Yeah. Um, there's no question, but mm-hmm. it was definitely, you know, buried Disney style in, in the film. Yeah, it's kind of like they they made it a point to kind of like, like, oop, look you, look you, we flicked it, but hey, over here, shiny over here, shiny over here. <laughs> you didn't see that. Yeah. See this over here now. <laughs> no, definitely, and yeah, and that that did what like make this film like you know so, like progressive for that time. For now, like you know the fact that even like if we like if Disney like actually remade this probably, which is probably why they were kind of hesitant to remaking the 1998 exactly what it was. Because if they made that movie now, a lot of people would have a lot of issues. If there are like, you know, um, like, you know, that scene where um, like uh, Chimpo, um, Yao and um, Ling? Ling. Ling. Ling were like, you know, cross-dressing. They're like, oh, concubines are like ugly concubines. That wouldn't fly now. Like that's like, you know, it's, it, it, as JP said, it hits it and sometimes it hits, but it misses. And it's, you know, there are, of course, I understand, like, completely agree there are issues with it now as, like, you know, 20, like, post, especially post 2020. Oh, especially post 2020. Soldiers um, did cross dress as women as well. Oh my gosh. I told that to mind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And let's go to the, um, let's go to the comments and, um Nantan never says I love the grandma yes we all I think we all love the grandma I don't think anyone can hate the grandma <laughs> I do also I really liked um and I and I you know I remember reading about it mm-hmm. afterwards um and now the the word has escaped me um the geisha the whole geisha thing in the beginning was kind of I know it's not geisha because it's geisha's it's- it, yeah, Jay, yeah, it's just the makeup. It's just the makeup at that time. The, the, but I think the, that there was a similar um, theme. Like the, Japan had the geishas and the Chinese culture had something similar, but they kind of touch on it a little bit in the beginning um, when the, when she's walking out in the makeup and they're trying to like get her prepared to like mm-hmm. be a wife and be a, 
you know, um, it would have been cool to see a little bit more of that. The thing is, uh, in Chinese culture, though, we actually don't really have the geisha as like the Jap that that Japan has. Unfortunately, like um, J- uh, China, ancient China has like a very like distinct um social like thing a social like ladder and um anything like what a geisha would do we technically called them like it's not oh god i don't want to it's they work at a brothel it's basically a brothel and like um so what the so that's the thing about uh, what i liked about mulan um as an adult even now is that like i know when the actual uh supposed to take place but with the animated film they actually did not even post what actually dynasty it's supposed to you can kind of pinpoint because like you know the enemies are the huns um that there's like kind of a time span it can be but with this one they actually didn't have a distinct a precise timeline and with hers it was very much it was very tong dynasty like inspired makeup because it was during the tong dynasty where they really did the more heavier makeup and that's what they tried to emulate in the 2020 but it didn't do as well in 2020 yeah um but um speaking of that scene the the what's that thing called the i think for me one of the biggest issues like as an adult i don't i give it more leeway for it being more historically inaccurate than i do the 2020 because it's 98 but there was like some things that i felt like you know i i of all i think of, of the whole film the biggest thing i have an issue with was the um the matchmaker scene as funny as it was as iconic as the like the matchmaker like pour the tea and then like that part in Chinese culture we don't do matchmakers like that um I think that was very westernized about the whole like going yes um in Chinese culture our matchmaking is very very different uh, Interesting. what we do instead is like there are matchmakers um but what it is, is that so for each person, we are born at a certain time, at a certain day, and we call it our bazi, which is basically our, it has our elements, it has like that kind of stuff. So what uh, people do when they do matchmaking was that they would go to a matchmaker, bring their, which um, either son or daughters, like um, bazi, and present it to the matchmaker. The matchmaker instead will see whose um, bazi are compatible there's no meeting, there's no like evaluation of like, oh, you're not going to be a good daughter and that kind of stuff. Um, Because back then it's like, you know, a lot of times husbands and wives will not meet until they get the day to get married. The husband actually wouldn't see the wife until he lifts her veil on their wedding night when they have to consummate. yeah, it's only probably in like higher class where like, oh, they may have their families will know of each other and they will like, you know, do political marriages between this family, and this family for like that kind of stuff. So that's why for me, like this part was kind of like, huh, like as so an maybe adult, they did take it from like Japanese culture and then probably kind of appropriated. And that's interesting. I actually didn't know that. Um and that kind of gives me some feelings about. <laughs> As I said, I give it more leeway because it is 1998. And like um, the amount of work that they did to make it like, you know, accurate for me personally overlaps how inaccurate it was. Like that beginning scene or the opening where they have like the mountains and then the, the ink drawing, gorgeous. I have not seen anything since that actually moves me such a way like Mulan's opening sequence. And that believe was done like on like rice paper. They actually drew that and then like, you know, was like hand drawn and they, they did it with the animation. Um, I missed that hand drawn. I know. There was so much beauty. I mean, even, you know, any of the films, there was so much art artistry that went into, mm-hmm. into them that, that just doesn't, you know, they just don't hit. And then, and, and Princess and the Frog, you know, was kind of the first return to hand drawn. Mm-hmm. And um, the sad thing with that one is because it didn't do so well compared to Tangled because it that one, I guess, the it's not even the Princess and the Frog's fault. It's like the advertising and marketing. They didn't do it right. And because they're like, oh, it didn't do as well. We're going to go completely 3D now. And I'm miffed about that. I'm so miffed about that. Um let me yeah let me go back to the uh things uh to the comments peggy says says i mean matthew wilder helped write them he wrote uh break my stride which was a jazzercise staple in the late 80s haha 
Kivo says, I remember the animation um, of the movie. It was so vivid and so beautiful. The pacing was slow at first, but it picks up quickly as the story goes. And I agree. I love, I actually really love the pacing of Mulan. I usually, pacing for me is usually the biggest thing. Mulan's pacing for me was absolutely perfect, in my opinion. I just, I was just reading something mm-hmm. um, uh, that that I, I came across, and I think that it's trans. It's obviously translated from Chinese, but mm-hmm. um, from the ballad of Mulan, from the original story, this says, um, "Upon uh, her parents, upon hearing her return, welcome her outside their hometown. Mm-hmm. Her elder sister puts on her fine dress. The younger brother sharpens the knife for the swine and the sheep." Mulan returns to her room, changes from her tabard into old clothes. Mm-hmm. She combs her hair by the window and before the mirror fastens yes. golden yellow flowers. Uh, her comrades are shocked to see her for the 12 years of their enlistment together. They did not realize that she was a woman. And in response, Mulan offered a metaphor. It says the male hair has heavy front paws. The female hair tends to squint. But when they're running side by side close to the ground, who can tell me which is male or female? Oh, I love the ending of that ballad. Oh my gosh. So in Mandarin, it goes, um, Yin Yang, uh, um, Yin Yang, some of Zilai, uh, uh, and then the end is like, uh, Shong Tu, Jopuso, Tsutu, Yemili, Liang Tu, Bandito, Anan Bian was Shongsi. And that's the metaphor of the the rabbit. Oh my gosh, I love the ending of the, it's beautiful. But yeah, so that's the thing. Like they were together, like, well, in the original ballet it was 10 years. Um, and it's just, and the fact that like, you know, it, it's really weird because like, again, we actually don't know the actual timeline timeline, but um, the fact that um, her comrades also don't sell her out because in the end if she were to be found it's still not good there's a reason why when in the original ballad the the well Tianzi, technically the emperor or king at that point um was like hey i can give you like so many rewards i can give you a high position which we kind of do see in the film where the emperor goes like oh like make her one of my council and then like you know he can take his job um she was like nah i just want to go home because technically, if she stayed, it would have been a lot more dangerous for her if she stayed with the council. I saw um, a reading of the Ballad of Mulan in Chinese from like 10 years ago. A very small theater company uh, um, had done it and it was beautiful. And I've read it since and, and it, you know, it's translated. So it's never translated correctly. Mm. Um but it would be interesting to like hear the actual translation and not the probably bastardized translation. Actually, the read. translation you just read was very, very accurate. Is it? Yes. I also have a video on it. I'll talk about it later. <laughs> 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 um, but yes, uh, Peggy says, says um, uh, oh, Namtano says, no freaking way. Namtano says, 100%. Uh, Peggy says, says, 100%. Kipo goes, what Disney princess would you like to see in a crossover? Pocahontas and Mulan, uh, Merida and Moana, or your choice? Um, Namtano never goes, oh, I don't know if any of those are within the same eras. Maybe Pocahontas and Merida. Um, that could be interesting. Uh, Peggy says, says, the magic figure scene cracks me up. What are, uh, whatever could go wrong in that scene I know uh, Nata Necker says especially since they are both victims of English colonization but indigenous had it way worse Kibal says uh, that'll be interesting and Peggy says says that oh that's interesting they um they were way off but yeah anyways um but okay so let's see any any like comments you want to talk about this movie like you know that I haven't like you know covered yet questions wise like any thoughts you know like I always shied on the 2020 version do you think that like you know um because you know people have strong feelings about it um do you think that they should have um remade a night like the 1998 version or do you think that what Disney decision to do with the 2020 was the right way to go regarding current political um like issues conflicts and stuff because Mulan also had a Mulan too was interesting in itself that I but yeah I I have a lot of feelings about this here's my thing with Disney Disney put all of their money into Marvel and and Star Wars and that's where they're accepting new content um and 
you know, we're not seeing the big blockbuster Disney movies like we saw growing up. That's not happening anymore because they're so scared of original ideas because you just don't know what's going to happen. And so now what you have is all of these remakes coming out and most of them haven't quite hit the mark. I will say Cruella was phenomenal, yeah. but it wasn't. It was it was an offshoot of, mm -hmm. of a story as opposed to the story itself. The Little Mermaid isn't doing well, but that's because of other reason. And that's because of political climate stuff. I think that I mean, I love the historical figures. I'd love to see Disney do Joan of Arc or do, you know, more historical pieces without making a, a, a goof out of them but that's the thing like it's just, disney doesn't know what to do they don't have people to push these new ideas through so they have to remake everything it would have been nice to see a live action remake of the original um, because i think this was one of the few cases where the remake was completely different um, and like you said they they removed all of the comedy they tried to make it more historically accurate and i think it was just a swing and a miss. It was so bad. It, it was it was unwatchable at some times. I just was like, what are you doing? I definitely think that they probably should have stuck, stuck with the original story, the 1998, like they did with all these other live actions. And in doing so, tried to make that more historically accurate because that is the Mulan we love. Those are the characters. I know. That's what we know. You give us something completely out of left field that looked like it probably came from a, not even DreamWorks, but from a completely different company, basically. And you gave us something that fell, uh, fell on our lap and it just, it didn't live up to what we knew. I mean, like I said, the music, the music, like we've been talking about, four songs. Everyone knows those four songs. You can go up into karaoke with any of those songs and the entire population of the bar or karaoke bar, they're going to be singing with you because people know that soundtrack. Mm -hmm. That's Disney's MO too, though. I mean, if you go back and look at Newsies, mm -hmm. which again, very historically accurate mm -hmm. in general, the original with Christian Bale, and then watch the, um, musical. the, the musical, not only did they change the lyrics of well-known songs, mm -hmm. but you also like created a love story where a there was already a love story but it wasn't at the forefront because it didn't have to be it wasn't supposed to be that was nothing to do with that love story and then you changed characters to make it about a love story and i'm like why like mm -hmm. what is the point of that the movie is is about the newsies it's about the newsboy strike it's about these these homeless kids fighting the man who yeah. ran the world and then, yeah, but I that's Disney's MO. Like, if it's like in the stage, in the, in the adaptation for the stage, I love that character. I love that character. I love her so much. Her song, just like going against like her father and going against like all these men, like in this in this huge newspaper. I mean, I just I just love her character. But yeah, like they, I do too. And that song is phenomenal. But it was unnecessary. It was just an unnecessary change. That is very true. But, the new but Beauty and the Beast wasn't changed. What was? Beauty and the Beast on Broadway wasn't changed. It's it's pretty much accurate as like. But shot that was back shot. in the like night late nineties and two thousands too. So that time they were like very, you know. And that's Ali Minkin too, right? Yeah, and then you had Julie Taymor come in, who is fairly well known for being very minimalist and doing The Lion King, which. Mm has been running for 20 something years phenomenal mm -hmm. unbelievable but it still retains the core essence mm -hmm. of the movie that we knew and loved they just get more scar screen time i was like yes right i mean if they did a mulan musical for the stage for like broadway i think i would probably die just i think it would be phenomenal and i think mm -hmm. that they should absolutely that's you want to talk about a piece that needs to be adapted for the stage? It's definitely Mulan. And you can have some like fight choreography up on that stage. Like, oh yeah. In person, it's done right on stage. It is absolutely mind-boggling at what these stunt people can actually do. I mean, you bring in Cirque du Soleil actors and you can have them climbing up the poles. Like, oh, my God. oh yeah, it could be so cool. 
uh heartless did redeem hydrate so we should hydrate before like you know we continue i love this i love this can you guys come to work with me and like make me hydrate at work <laughs> i know right <laughs> no just like just start live streaming on twitch and then like have them keep on redeeming and just like yeah <laughs> hydrating you <laughs> But, you know, agreed. And, like, I think, like, this is where um I feel like they... Because Disney has actually never really entered the Chinese market as much as they wanted to. And um this is where they tried. That's why, like, I'm sorry. They, their BS of, like, saying why there wasn't any soundtrack was because they, quote, like, from their quote was, like, there was no notable songs from Mulan. There was no, that was actually their quote for reason why they decided not to bring the music back was because the mute, the, there was no, um, it was not a, like, you know, there was no, like people like, you know, there's no notable songs basically. It was up for, but all of them were right. <laughs> Who's making these decisions? These old white people, probably not kidding. <laughs> I, mean, I appreciate yeah. that they're, you know, that they are trying to bring, a little bit of culture into I mean you look at like Raya and the Dragon too mm -hmm. you know which was a much newer piece but it's definitely you know Asian cast and Asian theme and Asian story um but that one again that one didn't it was fun to watch once I don't remember the music yeah no there was music Maybe. <laughs> was there music? How memorable it was. <laughs> well, that's bad. But that's what I, I remember said. Aquafina. Oh, everyone remembers Aquafina. Can't forget Aquafina. <laughs> but that's the thing, like for this one, I think they because like from I watch a lot, I consume a lot of Chinese, like you know, um like pop culture. Like I watch dramas, I watch Chinese, like you know, directed movies. And if you watch this, you can very tell that they were very trying to make a Chinese styled movie. De like you know targeted towards a Chinese market it, if you watch like it was very similar to like how you would see like Crouching Tiger Hidden Dragon and that kind of stuff but the thing is they even missed on that Taiwan I mean China actually banned this movie <laughs> like it it's has that whole dragon lady perspective that American yes, that's actually probably why China wanted to ban it because it's not appropriate and then the fact that like that they like I had complaints about this was like the whole using of chi being like a whole superpower kind of thing that rubbed me the worst out of that so that's why I was so upset it's like you know they actually have this amazing amazing movie that they had in 1998 that had such a good reception and they decided to mess with it just to please a market that they weren't even sure that they could please and that thing that was my biggest yeah <laughs> I'm like and they couldn't in the end <laughs> question mm -hmm. what were your thoughts on turning red I loved it I actually, I was, so um, everyone usually when I talk about this, like I usually go into hate, like originally like intending to hate like Chinese based media. Like I re usually, cause usually the, I'm sorry, trailers don't really do a lot of good justice. Any, and like, especially these days, like the trailers don't hit as much as they did like Mulan's trailer. So yeah. I remember seeing the trailers for Turning Red, um, oh, Into the Moon, Into the Moon. Oh God. The, the Netflix one, the, over the moon, over the moon. Um, and that's, I, and even, even recently, um, ABC, I was going in fully intending to hate it in the depictions. Turning red was actually because it's, it speaks so well as an ABC, as in a Western raised, Western born and raised, like, you know, POC, that it actually had a lot of the conflicts that I, I felt as a kid. So that's why I actually really enjoyed turning red. And that's why I was like, okay, this is probably a good, it wasn't amazing, but I think it's such a good step. It's as, um, you know, I know a lot of people who hate like Wendy Wu Homecoming Warrior because it is such like, you know, if you look at it, it's bad. If you want to look at it from like current perspective, like the fact that there's only one Chinese cast and that was the grandma and everything. But it's, I think Turning Red is, I love Wendy Wu because it was such a huge step for like, you know, future Asian, like, you know, mo like representation movies. Like without Wendy um, Wu Homecoming, we probably wouldn't have what we have now, ABC or like Turning Red. So that's why I love Turning Red. It's like, you no, know, was it like the um, mind blowing? Like, oh my God, this is like the best like Asian representation movie ever. No, but it's such a good one. And it's such an important one for what hopefully is to come. 
in, let me see, uh, Peggy says, says those people making those decisions were too young then because you don't have Donny Osmond sing a song that isn't notable. <laughs> I kind of complained though, but the people who made the remake weren't, there was no Asian on the team. Everyone who made the decisions were white. Yeah. Um, they went to England to go look at historical clothing they only spend a week in they only spend one week in china for um research and the rest was done in the uk i just have to say that i mm. anyways we're getting um yes oh it's you gonna be so <laughs> i have so much so much hate for the 2021 you guys don't even understand <laughs> so bad oh. um but I just want to say, if you guys hated Liu, uh, Liu Yifei, which is Crystal Liu in The Girl Who Played Mulan, she does redeem herself in her recent drama. So if you want to see her in an actual good role, in a really, there's actually two dramas that she did recently that amazing Chinese dramas, but you can probably find on YouTube with amazing, amazing subtitles. And she redeems herself because after that movie, I hated her for the longest time, <laughs> even though I grew up watching her. Anyway, it's also not entirely her fault. It's not, but um, but she's because what um okay, I'm gonna be super like salty, but what she was known for um in China prior to these last two dramas was like we called her a plank of wood because she is emotionless, and you can actually really much see that in the um movie. Oh. She doesn't really emote very well, and her character tends to stay very stagnant and very just like you know. But as I said, she actually redeems her. She actually improved the line. She's like a, one of my favorite actresses now. So, oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, Peggy says, says, I've never had anyone tell me I should see the live action. And that says a lot. And on that note, I think we are kind of running out of time. I'm, I'm sorry for like just ranting for the longest time. <laughs> um, Good. Does, uh, so I guess final, does your popcorn bucket stay the same? And would you recommend this movie to people? Uh, I don't think anyone has not watched this movie, but I guess, like, would you recommend this movie to current, like, you know, maybe younger generation, maybe the young kids who hasn't seen it. So let's start with you, GP. Does your popcorn bucket remain the same? And would you recommend it? My popcorn bucket's going to remain the same um, just because of the issues that I did bring up. However, this is one of those Disney classics that you just have to like show everybody and even like the, the new younger generation, they need to know what this is just because it was groundbreaking for its time. It did tackle issues that other uh, filmmakers were afraid to tackle or to even like kind of like point at or poke at. So yeah, Popcorn Bucket remains the same. Four. <laughs> and for you, Amanda? Uh, same thing. Uh, my popcorn bucket remains the same, but I agree with JP. I think that the story needs to be told. This is mostly a historical figure that existed and, you know, went through some shit. And and people should know about that. Um, the, the cultural aspects of it are, are, are crucial. And it is still one of the few Disney princess movies that provides a real role model for children and it's not that you need somebody to to rescue you it's that you can take matters into your own hands and and be your own hero and to piggyback off of that real quick that especially in a culture where women are supposed to be in the household running the family you do see this so yeah oh very very much agree and for me it's will stay the same it'll forever stay the same this is a movie that i absolutely absolutely love and i think i will love this movie until the day i die <laughs> um it is a beautiful movie it's cinematography everything everything is just beautiful and i just oh i'm so sad that we don't get this type of movies anymore and i'm feel so sad that our young our current generation and younger generation future generation are robbed from it so i Please, if you have not watched this movie or you have children who have not watched this movie, please watch this movie. Please. I have a one-year-old niece and I can't wait to introduce her to like the Disney yes. that, that I know, like the real Disney, you know? Yes. Our Disney. Uh, our our Disney. Disney. 
oh god when does when, where does our disney even even end i'm like hmm toy story okay mm. i not actually, that i don't love toy story i do but that was the first computer animated and everything changed after that okay and i guess that's all the time we have that's yay i'm like so i just love <laughs> I just love Mulan. Oh my gosh. I wish we could talk about this forever. But that is all the time we have to talk about uh, Disney's 1998 Mulan. And shout out to my guests, Amanda and JP. Thank you guys so much for being here. You guys are amazing. And I love you guys. Um, let us know where people can find you, Amanda. Uh, I'm on the socials at Roland Yolen. Uh, I mostly just post pictures of my niece and my dragon. So. <laughs> Love that, NJP. Where can we find you on the socials? Oh, you can find me on all of my socials at Rapoets, R-A-P-O-E-T-Z. Um, yes. <laughs> Awesome, awesome. And you can find me here on Twitch Monday, Wednesdays, Fridays from 3 p.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time at my Hamachi, where I play random, random games. You can also find me on YouTube at jpalzaya, where I actually have done several videos about Mulan. I did a 2020 Mulan review, which was terrible. That was actually my first ever video on YouTube. I've done a, uh, a video actually reciting the whole ballad and translating it and I've also did a video about the uh, historical and cultural figure of Mulan herself in Chinese history um, you can also find me in other um, socials such as in, um, Instagram or TikTok and all that fun stuff either at jpalaseria or at myhamachi but thank you all again for tuning in be sure to join our discord to keep the conversation going as well as subscribing to all platforms at nom talk network please follow us on everywhere we, we do amazing work love us please <laughs> <laughs> uh tune into our next show which should be on wednesday where they're talking about wally 15 years really wow. we're old guys Eva. <laughs> Eva. I rewatched that one recently. See, oh. Like that one's amazing, amazing. Like Pixar, that like you know, like for like out of all of a sudden, and then Pixar. Went it out. got it got real. Uh, it got real idiocracy in the end there, or in the middle there, with all the people stuck in their chairs, and I don't want to ruin it. I'll let the next group talk about. That. <laughs> <laughs> but yes until then i am your host yaya and everyone please have a non-horrific day so bye bye happy pride <laughs>